It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. What's going on, lacrosse fans? Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network for Lax Class 252. It's Jake Elliott at Santino Ferro with you once again. And uh, man, oh man, uh, we're doing this under the gun here a little bit. A little bit of a relate, release coming on, uh, on your Wednesday here, potentially Thursday as well. Crank out an episode for you in the middle of the Man Cup. Uh, Tino, welcome back to Lax Class, man. We're going to try and keep this thing tight, but uh, we're still going to bang out a podcast here for you this week because that's what we do. And uh, welcome back to Lax Class, man. What's going on? Seems like yeah. just hours I saw you. Yeah, uh, it feels like we live at Queen's Park Arena right now. Uh, alongside uh, with that freaking mountain lion sized bug that's just been terrorizing us on the broadcast. I have, people have probably heard us bring it up a few times here now, but I cannot, you can't downplay the size of this thing and the amount of adversity it has fought through with both you and I swinging at this thing all series long. I think there's more than one. I don't know if they've like manifested into, but like literally, I bet people thought I was downplaying it. Uh, you know, when I was doing playoff games solo and whatever, it is it is a real thing. Like I don't I don't know what type of bu- Koleski got into my DMs and said, "Let me see a picture of this thing of this fly." And I said, "Tracy, it is no fly. This thing is a monster. Like it is." And we've tried to kill it multiple times, and the thing won't go away. So we'll you know what though is like, so I get to the arena like a, probably like half an hour before you or whatever. So I'm up there and I get my stuff set up. Subtle flex, part. Tino. Subtle flex. Yeah, humble brag. Who wants to know about it? Whatever. But like, I don't see the bug at all when I'm up there. Even like when you're up there and I'm doing my last minute prep before we get going, like anthems are underway. It's nowhere to be found. The second the game starts, it is like landing on your head. It's landing on my paper. We're like both throwing our hands at this thing. Like, I wonder I how know, many man, knows I wonder, the situation. I wonder how many man cups that bug has watched. <laughs> Anyways, enough about insects. Uh, we got a podcast to do here. We are going to have Adam Levy join us in period number two, right here for the National Lacrosse League, IL Indoor, and uh, host of the Lacrosse Matrix podcast. Adam has been front and center. For the Man Cup, and we'll get his take on it, as if you haven't heard, Game 5 goes tonight, that's Wednesday as we record here, as the Bellies staved off elimination in Game Number 4 as they trail the Series 3-1 to now, so who knows, by the time you hear this, Chiefs might have won the Man Cup, or we could be going to a Game Number 6 on Friday, we shall see. Um, so we'll talk to Adam in period number two. We got Lax Class Locks and a few quick sticks to chat about in period number three. Report cards and stallions are coming up here in period number one, of course. And I think uh, our buddy JD, Jamie Dowick, is going to stop by here pretty quick as well in the first period. As uh, Well, we tried to run Jamie down last week, couldn't do it. 
But he's back uh, coming on this week, so we're just waiting for for him to show up, and, and we'll have a quick chat with Jamie here in the first period as well. Um, I feel like we've been around each other, Tino, so I don't know if I like need to ask you what is what is going on in the rest of your life uh, away from the Man Cup here this week. You got anything no, else I mean, going on? No, I mean, I spent it was it's been a busy like week or so. I spent the weekend at the BC Sixes event, which I'm going to be talking about later on mm. in our uh, report card segment. So I don't want to get too into it right now, but uh, yeah, just living the dream right now, calling the Man Cup. It's been unbelievable. I hope it doesn't end tonight because selfishly, I want to watch some more lacrosse. Yeah. So well, uh, with yeah. that being said, though, Tino, if if the Chiefs do get it done tonight we do in fact win the parlay so a little bit of a double-edged sword i want more lacrosse but i also want to win the parlay because uh, i like doing that as uh, here he is he's here jamie dowick welcome back to lax class man how's it going good buddy how you doing man i'm good what a... the hammer, actually. are you are you are you in are you in the jeep right now is that what is that where you are downtown hamilton yeah but you're sitting in your car or where like where are you hanging out right now yeah, I'm in my car. Okay. I'm in my car, bud. All right. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've... I just I just ran out of a, a, a big important meeting. Well, I said I got I got something to do at three here. I didn't want to leave my boy hanging. <laughs> I got familiar staring at uh, at the Jeep out back of the track there for the last week at the President's Cup. Hey, uh, I want to talk about this big meeting that you had because I just saw this article come out just today. In fact, with the uh, potential renovations to the first Ontario center being delayed. I is that the meeting you were in? Can you tell us more about what's going on with the Renos at first nations and what's happening with the rock and where you're going to play games this season? Can you discuss any of that? Do you want to hear about Latrell's injury too? Like yeah. uh, I thought we were talking about the president's cup here. Well, uh, <laughs> this is big news, Jamie and rock fans want to know. How are you buddy? <laughs> yeah. Forget about jumbo. What's up, Jamie? <laughs> Nothing much, Tito. How you doing, man? Good, man. <laughs> so is that a no then, or, or? Uh, listen? Um, you know, we're 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 about to make uh, another. You know, we're soon to make another announcement, kind of an update on on what is actually happening here. And uh, all I really say at this time is, uh, you know, we're pretty excited. Things are looking positive, and and uh, you know, stay tuned. Okay, fair enough. And and you brought it up, so I'll bring it back uh, up. I knew you're gonna go. Your hammer's gonna kill me. Well, I mean, we saw that. <laughs> I don't know if he is. Latrell going down with a knee injury in the PLL. Man, that's that's got a sting, and and uh, that's a big loss for you. How do you? I, mean, I probably know how you feel about it, but like I, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna ask me how I replace a guy like that, and the answer is you don't. Yeah, I know. I and and you know, for for Paul Rabel, it was put a, a moratorium on his players playing in in summer lacrosse while PLL season's going on. Do you think the National Lacrosse League is going to get to a point, Jamie, where they just say you're playing in the NLL, you're not playing anywhere else, because if a guy's going to go down with an injury, you want it to be playing for your team sort of thing. Like, you never want to see a guy get hurt, but if he is, man, it's hard to watch a guy go down yeah. in another league. Yeah, like, that's that that makes tons of sense. But think of, you know, you got, and I and I, I feel that way, but the problem is you think about it the other way. You know, you look at, you know, so Latrell might be our best defender. You look at my best offensive guy, he's an American, and, you know, if, if uh, Tommy had to make a choice between the, 
PLL or the NLL, you know, you know, while I know Tommy loves Toronto and loves us, I worry about what way that, that choice might go. So yeah. I think in the current, current state of lacrosse, the current financial state of lacrosse, we're not there. I mean, you know, would I love Latrell not to be playing lacrosse? You know, it just hurts when, when a guy gets hurt, you know, playing in another league, you know, defensive player of the year, yeah. playing in another league, not playing for me. Yet I'm the one now that's going to pay for that when he can't play for me next year. But uh, I mean, it is what it is right now. You know, I mean, we're frustrated and disappointed, but nothing I can do about it. I'm not the first person that's happened to. Won't be the last. It you know, it just sucks. It, first and foremost, it sucks for Latrell. So. Lacrosse goes on, life goes on, and and injuries happen in our sport. And uh, Latrell will be back bigger, stronger than ever, I'm sure. We're a little bit removed from now, Jamie. And I know uh, you told me yesterday that the games of the Man Cup are are way past your bedtime, so you haven't been staying up to watch those. Shame on you. But let's take it back to Oakville and the Prezi men. Uh, That was a fun week there in Oakville. Uh, Man, one of the most competitive President's Cups I have ever seen, and uh, your Oakville Rock were right in the mix there, and unfortunately came up a little short in the semi, but uh, over overall, I would say a real successful week for for you and the track and, and the President's Cup and, and the Oakville Rock. Yeah, I would, uh, I would agree with that 100%. Um, you know, I think, I think our facility is, is, is built to host a, an event like that, um and set up for success and and you know my staff and mike hancock and you know kind of led the charge there but my entire staff and stuff were great but i thought team one to seven i was real impressed i mean the junior senior b schedule in the regular season and the competition wasn't very good this year um to have seven teams that you know, tuscarora winning their last game they were they were the lowest whatever team in the thing they were they, they were a good game, and yeah. uh, so it made for a week of great lacrosse. And, you know, as far as Oakville goes, uh, went into the week, you know, thinking we were probably one of those kind of teams just behind Ladner in that group right there. And, you know, as the week went on, I definitely felt like, you know, we we were the team to beat. And, beat uh, them in the round robin. Yeah, we did, and and um, I just as it went on, there was no doubt in my mind that we could win that, and 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 we're hoping to and expecting to, and you know we ran into uh, it's, a, it's a tough tournament to win. You get into a single elimination there, you run into a hot goalie stood on his head. Mike Triolo had a very uh, just a big game and yeah. scored some timely goals for them, and and we come out on you know give up a goal in the last minute and come out on the wrong end of it. So that's life, man. It's not if it was easy to win, you'd do it all the time, right? Well, and, we'll uh, but I, I thought the tournament was great. I thought you know JVI put on an unbelievable uh, production, and you know obviously the numbers of people that watch that speak for itself. I appreciate all the stuff you've been spewing about that, you know, because you couldn't be more right. Uh, Jamie Dow wrote a check for that uh, production. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, you did. You know, it was free to everyone but one person. But I'm good <laughs> with that. And uh, I love that there was the support and all that and everything. Um, 
you know, I love that it, that it had a great following, and and that that's why we did that, put it out there. And well, thank you. I, on behalf of all lacrosse fans, Jamie, everybody thanks you, especially me for bringing me out there and, and doing those games and and for scratching that check, man. Uh, yeah, not a lot of people are in a position to do that, and and I know you are, and and good on you. I mean, uh, you talk about growing the game. That's that's how it's done, right there. So thank you for for all of that. You're not going to believe what's happening in front of me here. Tell Sorry, me. I'm distracted. No, no, I want to hear well, I'm, I'm trying to get on the highway. Oh, my God. I'm trying to get on the ramp here to head back to Oakville. And we've got a three-car collision. Uh-oh. And, but they've stopped now. Like, the ramp's now blocked because... Yeah, I've noticed this in Ontario. They just they have these gates there, Tina. You know, I don't know if you've seen this before. They don't have them no, here no, in BC. No, the cars are blocking it, buddy. Okay, but you also have gates that just you can just shut down on ramps at will around the the surrounding area. There, we it's crazy. Like they just said, no, you're not allowed on the freeway in this section right here, and they just shut the gate on you. This is peak lacrosse <laughs> podcasting when we're getting traffic updates <laughs> from Ontario. Hey. <laughs> well, I, it was so bizarre what was happening. I was like in a, in a funk. I didn't know what to do. Yeah. You got anything for Jamie? Because I got a couple more here, Tino. But uh, you fire away if you got something on your mind. Uh, maybe just, I mean, the draft is, is right around yeah. the corner. Like, what's the, what's the mindset now heading into uh, the upcoming draft here? Well, if you know anyone that wants my third, fourth, and fifth round pick, let me know and I'll book a golf game because I, I don't pick till number uh, 39. It's at my facility. I feel like I kind of got to be there because of that. I don't know what's going on. We Mark Matthews is my first round pick at number 12. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, good value. Good value there at 12. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a factor in the old draft this year really right now you well, know tell me this jamie up, i mean we we've come to learn that no broadcast for the nll draft and i don't know if you can speak to this or not but this kind of feels like a, a bit of a step backwards to me not having a production and and not seeing these kids walk up to the stage and shake the commissioner's hand and all the rest of it what can you discuss what the the rationale or discussion was around not broadcasting the nll entry draft this season well you want my opinion my honest i always want your honest opinion jamie i think it's boring as can be like i think uh, you know we 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 televised the first round last year it took two and a half hours and then we stopped televising it you know like (laughs) uh what's that like a sixth of the people take it in the draft it takes forever it's just we're we're not there. Like um, I don't, you know, doing production and 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 this and that could be. It's just it's not something we need to do. Will there be, um, will will there be a ton of uh, uh, content stuff done over the week? Absolutely, and, and everyone will get a chance to see it. But you know, it, it's they're not, they're not the most exciting things. Like. The NFL draft isn't the most exciting thing, um, you know. So it just doesn't make sense for us to do that. And so this was that, a that, that's this was a conscious decision from the board of governors who decided that this was not going to happen. Is that is that correct? Yeah, I, well, I don't know if the board of governors. I don't know if we voted on it or it was uh, the league's decision with consulting the board of governors, but. You know, it, it costs a lot of money to put that on. And, you know, while 
there's one or two diehard people that probably want to watch it, you know, like go watch a draft, man. They're not very exciting. Yeah. Like uh, right. my fantasy football draft. It's more exciting than any other draft I've ever seen. How's, uh, how's that going after week one? How's that going? Oh, don't, don't even go there. Tell me you had Aaron Rodgers, please. No, I don't have Aaron Rodgers, but I have every other scrub that hit the bed week one with Josh Allen. Okay. It wasn't good. It was not good. Uh, that's why I stay away from the fantasy uh, football stuff, man. I just don't. Don't do it. You know what? As I get older, I don't get um, I don't get as uh, fired up. Like I don't get as mad as I used to, like twenty five years ago. So <laughs> it is what it is. I, I enjoy it, and but yeah, my teams my teams were a bunch of oh yeah. Tom Brady's looking for change as I get on the highway. <laughs> and what and about Michigan, 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 Michigan? What about what about your Broncos? Oh God! Even I, I don't know what was worse, my fantasy. Team, my three fantasy teams, or the way the Broncos choked that game away and lost—that made me sick. Because because I thought Russell looked better than he looked at any point last year. Oh, I'm so glad he's not they missed an extra point. They missed a field goal. Like just, <laughs> oh, disgusting. Ah, uh, Jamie, I missed you, man. Um, Tino, you got anything else for Dawak here? That's it. That's all I got. All right, Jamie, focus on the road. We appreciate you popping in here to Lax Class this week for some candid thoughts, as always. And uh, take a nap and stay up for Game 5 tonight. Is there Game 5? Bellies won last night? Bellies won last night, 11-10. Yeah, you know what? It always seems to work that way. The way I look at it is it's just an extra do we want four sandwiches or do we want five? I think we want an extra sandwich. Let's stretch this out again here. We'll see. We'll see. Jamie, Listen, thanks. they're both good teams. Yeah. Six Nations, just too good. They are. They are a really, really good lacrosse team. No question about it. Thanks for doing this, man. Uh, safe travels, and we shall talk soon, I'm sure. Anytime. Thanks, boys. See ya. There you go. Jamie Dowick, owner, president, general manager of the Toronto Rock uh, and the Oakville Rock. And uh, I didn't talk about this last week, Tino, but back there in Oakville, I got in three rounds of disc golf around the greater uh, Ontario area. Mississauga, played a course there in Oakville, and another one... I want to say down, God, man, I can't remember the name of it, but I played, I played these three different courses, Tino, and man, oh man, BC has got nothing on Ontario when it comes to course design and uh, disc golf around Ontario. Pretty damn good, I will say. Did you drag Jamie along with you? Or no, not? I tried to get him out once. He, <laughs> he was a little too busy. Just like you, after the Man Cup press conference, I tried to drag you out on the course and you ducked out on me as well. What do you want me to say? I had to go home. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, We're running short on time here after that little chat. Uh, We got to get to report. It's report card day. Settle down, class. Today is report card day. Today is report card day. It's report card day. Lax class report. Go some D. 
Lax Class Report Cards are brought to you by Mitch Jones Real Estate. And how about Mitch Jones? Uh, player of the game last night in game number four as he keeps his bellies alive. And he's leading that team in scoring and maybe his best game of the Man Cup last night, I would say, as well. But all the while, Mitch Jones still focused on his real estate profession as well. He's always got time to talk a little real estate. And you can do so... By giving Mitch a call at 604-916-6772 or uh, give Mitch a follow on Instagram at Mitch Jones 4 For all your real estate questions, needs, and what have you, powered by Stonehouse, as they present the players of the game, Stonehouse. They have every person and resource you can imagine when you go to purchase a home or sell a home. You have Stonehouse and Mitch Jones behind you. You're going to be in good hands. So give Mitch a call, look him up, and uh, if you have a place to sell or need a place to buy, Mitch Jones Real Estate, powered by Stonehouse, is your guy. Report cards, Tino, what do you got? Yeah, I am uh, can, going to continue the positive train here. We're going to give an A-plus to the BC Sixes event that went on a handful of days ago, just last weekend over there at the Burnaby Lake Rugby Club. And, I mean, put on by Keith Gagne, Randy Clough, joining forces once again for another event. And it was just, this is the second one now. Um, and again, I had talked about it last year about how the vibes were just so high. Everyone there in such a good mood. It felt like it took it to another level this year. And I'm pretty sure last year, if there were any complaints that some people had for the most part, it was about the lack of officiating for the most part, because realistically, I think there were only four officials for the entire weekend last year. So sometimes there was only one ref for a game. Um, and some people had their issues with that this year. That was not at all the case. There were uh, a surplus of refs and it was really beneficial for me who was there helping to manage some of the fields because now instead of having to look for volunteers all the time to run a score sheet or whatever it may be, now some of the officials can come over and help as well. And for also, let me tell you real quick, running a score sheet for sixes, brutal, <laughs> just brutal. When you have like a 20 to 17 game, awful. Yeah. <laughs> but well, the uh, other thing with that, Tino, is that the officials like fairly new discipline of lacrosse and it probably takes a little time to kind of learn how to officiate that properly and now that another year has gone by you're obviously you're going to get better at it the more you're around it and and learn it right for sure and and that's exactly it like everyone has another year worth of experience even some of the players as well being there for their second chance at sixes like a lot of people had some different tactics that they were running and i also got to get this in real quick because i know he's going to be listening josh mills out there playing for one of the teams as well um had in back-to-back games had a successful hidden ball trick work first one sails it wide second one rings the post it was incredible so josh mills shame on you yeah. um, but uh overall just the the weekend was just incredible there was music bumping the entire time we had food trucks everyone was in a good mood and just a massive shout out to randy and keith for putting on such such a great event there you go eight what are you going a plus there oh yeah a plus a uh, full a plus all right i'll keep it Somewhat positive as well, and I want to uh, give a big, I'll give it an A to all of all of the lower mainland lacrosse fans who have turned up in droves to Queen's Park Arena for the Man Cup. We've played four games of this series, Tino. Every single one of them 
has been a full sellout. And for the work that all the volunteers have done at Queen's Park Arena, all the Bellies support staff and everything to make a tournament and a series go like it has so far, like the lineups have been almost out of the parking lot at Queen's Park to get in. But then, like, I'll see this, and I'll go into the arena, I'll come back out, the doors are open, and boom, the line is gone. So that's not an easy undertaking to go and and do. And, you know, especially in a 100-year-old building, to, to pull all that off. And then for the fans who have come out and supported the Man Cup and, and lacrosse in BC and, and like all the Chiefs fans and the drum, like the atmosphere inside Queens Park has been like nothing I have ever witnessed before in my 23 plus years of, of broadcasting this game and another 20 on top of that plane. This has been an experience of a lifetime in Queens Park Arena. And I just want to give a shout out to everybody, the fans, the, the staff, the teams. The one thing I... That has bothered me in this this series, Tino, is that they have not played the Haudenosaunee song prior to the game as they do for all Canada. I've and and that has been very disappointing to me. I'm not I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Like I think it's something that should have happened, needs to happen, and it didn't happen. And I and I and I can't figure out why, because it's it's such a simple thing to do, and why it's important, Tino, is that not only so. This song has been played at the Founders Cup, at the Minto Cup, where there wasn't even an Indigenous team involved, at the President's Cup, every single game this song is played. And here with Six Nations in the Man Cup, it's not being played, and it's not right. So with all the positives, that's my one one negative on, on the whole thing. And why it's important, this is part of reconciliation. Like, they do the land acknowledgement, they had, you know, chiefs in from different nations for the press conference. Fabulous, fabulous stuff. But could you imagine the bellies or the thunder, or whoever going into six nations at the ILA and they're saying, we're not playing O Canada for you. Sorry, it's not right. So, you know, great. Every, it's been fabulous at the Man Cup. That is my one gripe is that they haven't played the Haudenosaunee song. Yeah, you're, and I, I think at this point, I mean, I don't think it's going to happen. No. But I think Lacrosse Canada should probably step in and just kind of mandate it. But yeah, well said. I don't really have a lot to add, but but I agree with every point you made there. All right. Um. So there you go. The drums, Tino, inside oh Queens God. Park is just it is incredible, man. Like I, I can't words do not describe. Like you have to be in the building and experience that and feel it for yourself to really get a good taste of what is going on in there. And they're there so early too. Like the, the, the fans with the drums are some of the ones that are the first into the building. And like, I mean, we're joking about how, how early I get to the arena, like truth be told, it's because I'm nervous about parking. Like I'm nervous about not getting a parking spot. That's why I show up as early as I do because there's so many people. But so I'm seeing the, the first wave of people that are entering the arena. And every time it's all the fans with the drums, like they're there for warmups, getting their team fired up. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, there are your lax class report cards. We're running late, but we got to get to the stables. But before we do that, I'm going to bring in Adam Levy because uh, he's sitting there waiting in the green room, so to speak, right now. So let's bring in our boy Adam Levy. There he is, his beautiful face. Uh, Adam, I want to. 
we're going to have a chat here after this, but I'm bringing you in impromptu here. Get your get your cowboy hat on, your your chaps, your Wrangler jeans, pull on your cowboy boots. Adam, we're heading for the Stampede Stables. Nay! 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 We have reached the We have reached the Stampede Stables. Tino, go. Oh God. Adam. It's more of a mystical horse. (laughs) It's like a unicorn, maybe. Yeah. Uh, the Stampede Stallions of the Week are brought to you by Stampede Tack and Western Wear. I mentioned Wrangler Jeans. They're Canada's biggest Wrangler dealer. And more than just jeans, brought to you by Wrangler. Shirts, jackets, hats. They got it all. Belts. Canada's largest Wrangler dealer. Only Stampede Tack and Western Wear can say that. They're out there in Cloverdale. They've been there since 1966. Stop on by at the corner of Highway 10 and 180th or hop online at stampede.ca where shopping online is still shopping local. You are prepared for this, Adam, so I'll give you a, a little break and let Tino go first, but start thinking of a stallion of the week here. Tino, who you got? I'm going with none other than Tyson Bell, and we've talked about him. I mean, you actually made a comment yesterday that I thought was like kind of funny but true. One of the times I was bringing up Tyson Bell, you were like, I don't think we've talked about him enough on these broadcasts yet, and and I think you're correct in that regard. He's been – like he gets a lot of flack at times, especially in the NLL because he has a tendency to take some dumb penalties here and there. I don't even know if he's taken a penalty yet. He did take one yesterday. Okay. He took like, I think it was. All oh, right. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. But, uh, and I mean, like there's some evidence, like that was kind of a dumb penalty, but whatever you can talk about the, we can talk about the officials later, but Tyson Bell, this series has been such an incredible shutdown defender for the chiefs. Like I credit him pretty much single-handedly for, especially in game number two, holding Crowley and Hayden Dixon to uh, essentially nothing. They looked like pedestrian players and he's been doing his thing in transition. He's like towing the line in terms of getting under guys skins and like, and not quite crossing the line. Like I just think he's had an incredible run so far in the man cup and deserves a, a ton of praise for what he's been able to do. Unreal flow Tyson Bell. I like it. Adam, do you have a stallion of the week you'd like to share with us? I do, and I hope it's not going to steal yours, Jake. But uh, first on on Tyson Bell, I have to say, uh, doing some photography uh, for the Man Cup and and for IL Indoor, uh, I, I had a wonderful view of Tyson Bell's amazing flow. And it's it's wild to me, and I mean this with so much love. He's got such beautiful locks on the side, but a, a really prominent bald spot on the top that's developing into <laughs> that. It's uh, it's wild. I, I do I do mean that in, 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 with all love. Um, but yes, I would say that my stampede stallion it's got to be uh, Jeff Cornwall for me. Mm. Uh, if you look at what he did, not only last night, but what he's done in the Man Cup, 
coming into this roster, you know, not being with this team all WLA season. You know, I, I had tweeted out uh, on my Twitter at Adam Levy NLL. He's got five goals for the Salmon Bellies, and he leads all defenders in the Man Cup um, with goals. And no other defender has more than one goal. So he's been excellent in transition. He's been so physical. If you look at the transition goal yesterday, the game winner, and then to hold on to that ball while he's getting mauled by two, three, four guys there, um, you know, he was so excellent. And he's been so great throughout this entire series. So. He's uh, he he's definitely my stallion of the week. I love how you just casually slipped in your Twitter handle right there uh, during those <laughs> I always got to promote the and, brand, and I don't want to I don't want to go across your your face here, Adam. But Tony yeah. Malcolm, I believe, also has uh, at least three, maybe four goals coming out of the back end for New Westminster oh. as well. If you want to uh, double check my facts on that, uh, you know what it is. Sometimes, and and we've seen this uh, from all of our perspectives, the uh, What's listed on the website may not be exactly what is mm. the position they're playing. So. <laughs> I probably should have thought of a better way to say that. <laughs> so, <laughs> that I'm back to what I just said out of my mouth right there. I, I, I don't know. I feel like there's a number of different ways I could go with with the stallion here this week. Like I, I feel like Doug Jamison needs some recognition here as well. I know he's only started two out of the four games, but the two games that he started. He's only allowed seven, and it's almost been like two different series in one. When Dougie's in goal, or you know, we've seen real low-scoring games, and when Warren's in, the scores have gone up a little bit. Both have been really entertaining, um, whichever way it, it goes. But but Dougie has been on a heater. Expect him to be back in here for game number five, and we'll see if that's the difference tonight. Um, but again, like to to guys like yourself and Shelly and and Ty and Nanakoke, uh, to Daryl Smart, all all you gang that are that are producing just unbelievable content for for listeners and viewers to consume after games, during games, before games, I think has been really next level and something that we haven't seen at any other Man Cup prior to this. There's like five, six, seven different people just cranking stuff out on an hourly basis here. So I guess we're welcoming a bunch of, of folks into the stable and maybe our first female stallion as well, Tino, is uh, we got to put Shelly in there. So Adam, Ty, Shelly, Nanako, Daryl, and throw Doug Jamison in there as well, along with Tyson Bell and Jeff Cornwall. Uh, we're we're going to have to renovate and, and put on an addition to the stampede stables this week with that many people going in such pandering to put adam into the stables when he's on the episode well seriously <laughs> though i mean adam has been working just as hard as anybody around that man cup all week long he deserves some credit you know and and thank you jake for that it's you know it is uh we all do this because because we love the game and, and sometimes it can be a little bit frustrating but you know you, you got to stick to what you're what your goal is and what you're focused on. And, uh, you know, I, I love being around the guys. I love seeing you guys and I'll see you guys tonight again. Uh, Jake, I know I brought you a little parting gift oh, man. Uh, the other day and Tino yours is coming today. So, Oh baby. It better yeah. not be better than mine, Adam. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> I, You've been friends longer. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's been amazing and seeing everyone, everyone's putting in such great work. Uh, Ty Klarner has been uh, putting out such amazing videos uh, he really reminds me of a of a young Tyson Geik in terms of the the style that he's creating these videos. 
Um, and uh, I think there's a lot of promise there for him and all the photographers have been, have been excellent. And I don't so want to leave out Keith Gagne as well, because I know he's been doing yeah. a lot of stuff behind the scenes. Uh, he's not cranking it out from his personal account, but I think he's doing stuff with the WLA as well. So I don't want to make sure I don't leave Keith out. All right. Uh, yeah. Welcome to the, to the stables, everybody. And uh, Adam, you're going to stick with us here as we're moving into period two. And we're going to talk some man cup and maybe some other stuff as well. So let's take a break, and we'll be back in the second right after this. Stay classified. Hey, this is Dane Dolly. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified, growing the game one podcast at a time. Welcome back to Lax Class. We're into second period action, which is brought to you by Rycor Construction, who make it stand out. Rycor construction whether it's interior exterior renovations residential kitchens bathrooms floorings decks something as simple as a fence i saw him drop a pool in the other day these guys do it all and they've been doing it a long time over i want to say 17 18 years of experience now in the in the construction industry they strive to produce quality craftsmanship and provide an exceptional client experience Go to Rycor Construction, Inc. on Instagram or Facebook or go to the website at www.rycorconstruction.ca and see how they make it stand out for yourself. This guy has been standing out in the lacrosse world for quite some time now as he is a writer for IL Indoor, the NLL. He's the host of the Lacrosse Matrix podcast, and he's also my good friend who is leaving Vancouver and heading back to New York very soon. Adam Levy rejoins us here on the pod. Adam, um, thanks for doing this, first and foremost. And, uh, man, how about this Man Cup we're experiencing in New Westminster? It is a wild one, uh, and it seems like it's getting more competitive every game. It's It's been incredible. Um, I uh, It's my first Man Cup, I know, for you guys. Uh, it's not your first rodeo, but uh, for me, this is really special uh, to be in Queens Park, where I've seen the majority of my summer box games, um, and to be around those guys and to see guys that I've known for for a while, not only in the NLL and the WLA, but you know personally, uh, to be at this stage, uh, it, it's really cool. So uh, it's amazing to be covering it, and uh, I'm just super happy to be a part of it. Uh, do you have like a like your biggest takeaway from the series to this point so far? And I don't want you to say the officials because I think everybody can talk about how the officials have been, unfortunately, a bit of a story in the series so far. So aside from that, what's been your biggest takeaway? Well, I always do like to stay positive, so I, I don't think I would have gone with the officials <laughs> there. Although I, uh, I, I'm going to reserve my my points on that for for private conversation. But uh, I think that. The biggest takeaway is that I, what we saw in game one uh, from Six Nations, it really, I think, and I was talking to a lot of former players that are were in the stands, it really seemed like this might end up being a short series. Um, and it seemed like as that game went on, New West started to pick it up. And then game two, you started to see a little bit more from New West. Uh, and then that's been continuing on and on. I it also looked into, I mean, not that these kind of stats really tell the whole story. But if you have a plus three goal differential game one, plus two game two, plus one game three, and now plus one for the Salmon Bellies on the other end in game four, it's really trending in the Salmon Bellies direction. Um, now history will tell us, obviously, that it is very, very hard to come back from down 3-0. It hasn't been done 
1985, and that was the only time it was done, and that was in Queens Park when Brooklyn upset the salmon bellies. But the salmon bellies have really been wearing down that uh, Six Nations offense and really rattling them, uh, it seems, continuously uh, throughout this series. And it really does feel, having spoken to both sides, that the salmon bellies are not going to be giving up anytime soon. They are making an impact. They are exhausting Six Nations. And we're going to see how that plays out. Now, we all know how good Six Nations is as a team and how deep they are. And I think that ultimately that is going to maybe uh, that's going to give them the series, especially with this lead. But uh, the Salmon Bellies have been fighting really hard. And, and that's been really impressive to me. Yeah. And, and as we're here with Adam Levy, <clears throat> excuse me, and I don't know how much of a, an X's and O's guy you are, Adam, but you know, you, you look back and forth through the series. You mentioned it's a five-goal differential between the Chiefs and, and Bellies after four games of play here. The one area that the Bellies have really struggled and maybe the Chiefs have really excelled at is their short man and the Bellies power play, which has just been anemic. What are you seeing out there from both sides of that and, and how can maybe New Westminster find a way to get a couple more goals on the five-on-four? Well, I think it's interesting because if you look at especially how Six Nations is known for moving the ball around so quickly, especially when they have their power play opportunities, it does seem a little bit slower when New West is moving the ball around um, in uh, on that power play. And maybe even like there isn't that same kind of uh, urgency to find uh, to get into spaces, to find holes. Uh, I don't know from your guys' perspective, obviously running around the, the stadium, I see it from different angles, but uh, I think that, you know, they know that it's been a problem. Um, it's only at 11.5% right now, their power play uh, compared to 55% for the Chiefs. So it has been a, a glaring issue for the Salmon Bellies. They're aware of it. Um, and they're definitely, uh, you know, I think, though, how they're do they clicking fix, How do they now. fix it, Adam? How do they fix it? How do they fix it? That is a great question. Oh, thank, not- you <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you very much, Adam. I'm not sure I can necessarily give you a real answer other than from my perspective that they just need to be able to maybe be swinging the ball a little bit more, uh, moving a little quicker on their feet, trying to get into the middle a little bit more, doing something where they can, uh, they can find better opportunities because it's been really hard to get past uh, Doug Jamison and Warren Hill. In the so you did, you did give me an answer. You do know right there. You just broke that <laughs> down perfectly. Uh, you talk about getting to the middle of the floor there, and and that actually might be the answer to this next question as well because Kevin Crowley was able to find his way through the middle a handful of times in that game number four. Um, but I'm wondering from your eyes now, what was the biggest difference for the bellies in last night's game four that was able to propel them to their first win of the series compared to the previous games that we've seen so far? Why were they finally able to break down six nations? Well, I think something that's been really, uh, you know, we've talked about how they're not necessarily uh, the same bellies haven't necessarily been as good as they need to be on the power play, but uh, in transition, they seem to be getting a lot better. They seem to be moving up the floor pretty quick, getting their opportunities there. Um, and I think in those unsettled chances, it's been pretty solid. Uh, Kevin, as you said, getting to the middle. And, and I think that early in game and game four, that was a big thing for both sides because uh, it seemed like Six Nations was getting up close in the middle. Uh, and Zach Higgins was just standing on his head, making a lot of saves. Uh, and he did that throughout the game. Um, but Kevin really uh, enforced uh, our 
pushed his way into where he needed to be. And, um, you know, I think that there is a, there was a, just a lot of urgency from the guys and, and getting to the spots where they need to be. Adam, you've been writing for the NLL for a couple of years now, IL Indoor this year as well. And now I've seen you kind of take up photography as well. I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen anyone credit their own photos or not on, <laughs> on Twitter, which I've, I've quite enjoyed. Is that an actual thing? Like, or is that so like people don't steal your photos or are you just kind of doing that to be funny? I got to ask. I, I think I'm doing it to be funny. And by the way, if you hear any noises, that's my dog Lucy in the background chewing on something that is not her toy, but okay. I don't want to interrupt the no, podcast. If you need to take a break and yank that thing away from Lucy, you go right ahead and do that. <laughs> it, it's all good. It's just one of Preston's a thousand toys, but I would say that, I'm sorry, what was, what was the just question? The, I, I mean, you've been doing a lot. You've been doing yeah. the writing and, and now you're taking photos and I just, I got a kick out of you crediting right. your, yourself with your photos. Yeah. So that is a little bit of humor. I've, um, you know, it, it helps me get through all of the, the chaos and, and the stress to, to make jokes every once in a while to poke fun at things. And, um, I think it's also to maybe a little bit of showing the world that, Hey, this is my photo because I've never been known to take photos of games before and so people now can be like oh, okay he takes some photos that's that's nice you actually took a photo of you taking a photo i did actually that was uh that was i think it was uh neil doddridge who took uh, that photo and sent it to me uh i'm wondering then like uh you're a guy that, that you have so many relationships with so many different players in and around the league and stuff and i mean you even talked about talking to some former players um in the stands and stuff i'm wondering now um through four games of play, are there any players, especially with the draft coming up, are there any players that have kind of caught your attention that are on the verge of taking that next jump to the pro level? Is there any guys that aren't there yet that you think could make that next jump? Well, it's interesting because I did write a feature on Noah Armitage, uh, who is draft eligible now on the Salmon Bellies. And uh, I know he did have a, a run at the Man Cup or was part of one game, uh, as uh, as Jake and, and others had, had uh, noted to me uh, with Langley last year. Uh, but just the one game, he's had a bit more of a role, not only with the Salmon Bellies this year, but during the playoff run in the Man Cup this year. And um, it's been really exciting to see, see him develop. He's very tall, uh, big guy, you know. You know, I think that when you're 6'4", uh, that's just an advantage in, in any case for, for any guy on the floor. So uh, he's been really impressive. I like his attitude a lot. Uh, he's been, uh, for a young guy who's not an NLL guy, to be in this kind of series surrounded by uh, NLL All-Stars and not feel overwhelmed is an impressive thing for a young kid. Now, he won't be playing uh, in the NLL this coming season. He's going back to Stony Brook for his final year, but that will only help him prepare for when he is drafted into the NLL. Yeah, I, I loved your chat with Lyle Thompson talking about his decision to to play summer box lacrosse this year, and, and I want to get that out on the air tonight if I can because I thought mm -hmm. that was uh, just a fabulous quote there from Lyle. But for Adam, for, for folks that want to check out your stuff, uh, you mentioned your Twitter handle, Adam Levy, NLL, but uh, where else can they find you? NLL.com, IL.com, uh, Lacrosse Matrix Podcast, anywhere else that uh, they can go to, to find your work? Yeah, the NLL.com. Uh, I've got a piece actually coming out today on the Warriors and Desert Dogs trade. I mm. uh, got to speak to Coach Miloski and to Coach Williams. 
Uh, I, I uh, was able to get those interviews while I was in my Uber on the way to Queen's Park. It was quite an impressive feat to bring out the computer and the phone and record and talk. Um, and uh, I did have the Uber driver sign an NDA. So whatever he heard, uh, you will not be hearing from him um, at the <laughs> of a lawsuit. So, um, but yeah, there, there's an article there and, and I'll be doing some more draft coverage, uh, probably be doing something in regards to the big news that just broke on Brody Merrill. Um, no, don't ruin all our quick sticks in the oh. third period here. Adam. Come on. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, nobody heard what I just said, but I think that, um, yeah, so you can find me on NLL.com, IL Indoor, uh, the lacrosse matrix podcast will be starting up again, uh, in the fall once we have resettled. So yeah, you, Nikki, Preston, the whole family is, is packing up from Kitsilano down there in Vancouver and you're heading back, uh, to your, to your native land in New York. When's that going down? And. And what's the future hold, man? Are you going to be more at, at like Riptide games, Rochester? Like, what do you? What's the plan moving forward? Yeah, I. Uh, so we leave in two weeks, um, and the house is um, pretty much half empty now. So I was able to find a spot with a chair and and a nice piece of art in the background for you guys. But um, but yeah, so that's happening. And then once I'm in New York, you know, it's. Uh, I can't believe I would say that I'm going to be doing more than I was doing last year because that was exhausting and a lot, but I will be at Riptide games. I will be at pretty much every Philadelphia wings game. If I can be go up to Albany for games, Rochester, Buffalo, uh, I will be anywhere and everywhere and I will hustle and never stop. Okay. So that's, uh, that's the plan. All right, man. Well, uh, I've enjoyed the work uh that you've been doing around the man cup and uh you know i know you're you're moving across the the continent here but uh we will remain friends and, and stay in touch i'm sure and uh, appreciate you spending a little time with us here on lax class man we'll see you tonight we Perfect. won't remain friends adam once you leave we're we're done brother Sorry. i'm cool with that i'm ready for some beef. <laughs> all right buddy thanks for doing this we'll see you at queen's park later this evening thanks i'll be there at four o'clock guys take your uber Maybe yeah. that's what we should do, Tino. Instead of you know showing up two and a half hours before the game, just pop in an Uber and get dropped off right at the front door at forty-five, half an hour before the contest, and away we go. This is—it's actually—it's uh, going to be cool because Colton Clark—he's been uh, driving me uh, after games and and there, so I'm going to get there really early with him, and I'm going to try and take some shots on net. I've never done oh, that. Oh, get! I'll make sure the cameras are rolling. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I have an interview. I did some uh, on-camera stuff um, uh, with Colton. I'm going to post that. It's it's um, pretty quality stuff. And boy, do I need to work out. So, <laughs> okay. Uh, we'll, was... we'll stay tuned for that. Adam, thanks yeah. for doing this, man. Uh, we'll see you tonight. All right. See you guys. Bye-bye. There you go. There's Adam Levy. Adam Levy, NLL. If you want to give him a follow on the X and see all his work, uh, he has been cranking out articles. He's got the the verified blue check there, Tino, so you can essentially write an essay for a tweet, which he often does. A lot of information in Adam Lee's Twitter account. So uh, give that a follow and uh, check out his stuff, and we appreciate Adam stopping by here in period number two. We got one more period to go, and we'll have it for you on the other side. Lax class locks and quick sticks are coming up. Stay classified. Associated Labels and Packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience and extensive product catalog, 
and an ever-growing fleet of equipment. Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. This is Ian McKay from the Buffalo Bandits. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified, your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified. We're into the third period of action, which means no more breaks here on the podcast. But I do need to request politely that you subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening right now hit that subscribe button hit that five star review button and then give the show a follow on social media at lacrosse classified on instagram at lax class on twitter uh email address is lacrosse classified at gmail.com if you want to get a hold of us that way tino is at ferratino or tino Farah, depending on where you go super confusing i am at pxb the number four sports wherever you go not confusing at all uh, give us a follow. We appreciate it. That helps this podcast grow, which is, of course, our goal here on Lacrosse Classified. Here in period three, we also like to do a little ditty called Lax Class Locks. It's locked. Well, there you go. Lax class locks and Tino. We're, we're going to do another parlay this week without knowing the fate of the parlay from last week. We almost won last night as the Chiefs held the lead in the third period, but the belly stave off elimination. With that being said, if the Chiefs do win game five here tonight, you can put some jumbo bucks in your pocket because the parlay will come home. If we go to a game six, we lose. So a bit of a double-edged sword because we get paid to do the game. But if we don't get to do the game, then we win money. We're, we're free-rolling, essentially, here heading into Game 5 tonight, Tino. Agree. Yeah. Uh, free-rolling. That's a gambling term, Tino, in case you didn't know. It's where you Thank can't you. lose. It's where you can't lose. Where we can lose is this coming week, as we don't really know what to do because there's no lacrosse to bet on. There's no disc golf to bet on. Well, there is, but it starts tomorrow, so it's not, not enough time to get the bet in. So we're going to turn our attention to uh, this new upstart league uh, that I'm just catching wind of called the National Football League. Uh, I think this uh, has a chance to become pretty popular. No, essentially, this is the hardest sport and league to gamble on, but we're going to do it anyways. Why not? Uh, We'll look to Sunday, and uh, you got your points spread, you got your over-under, and you got your money line. Let's take one out of each department here and piece something together. Indianapolis at Houston with a total of 39 and a half. I think that's a pretty low number. And I think this is two teams that are going to score some points on Sunday. So let's go over in Indy, Houston. The Cowboys shut out the Giants in week number one, 40 to nothing. I don't know if they'll have that dominant a win again, but they're going up against the New York Jets, who just did beat Buffalo, but they lost their franchise quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. And going up against what might be the best defense in football in the Cowboys. I hate that I had to actually say that out loud, 
but it's true. Cowboys are favored by nine and a half. I think the Cowboys get this done by 10 or more. So we're taking the Cowboys at minus 105. And then the Dolphins are at New England. Patriots beat the Eagles. Dolphins beat the Chargers in week number one. I think Miami is a real contender this year. And I know it's New England at home, warm weather team going to a cold weather. But it's not there yet. And I just love this matchup with Miami and New England. And I'm just taking the Dolphins here at minus 143. They're the favorite. So over in Houston, Cowboys by 10, Dolphins straight up on the money line. And you're getting a cool bet return of probably around 560, 565, something like that, which will get you a return of well over 130 bucks. Good luck, everybody. I, I don't know how confident I am in this, but maybe that's the key because sometimes when I feel really good about a parlay and, and that doesn't, this one I'm not so sure about, so maybe this will be the winner. I, I, I'm i not really a football guy. Why like, I not? Don't really, I don't know. I was about to I was about to give you a great question. Uh, not, though. Uh, I don't know. I mean, like, I grew up, my dad's a Steelers fan, so I always have a soft spot for them, but it's just not one of the spots. I mean, I, I, hockey, basketball, lacrosse, those are my three. Fair enough. All right. There's your Lax Glass Lock of the Week. Good luck, everybody. And uh, we still got more to come here in period three. Time for quick sticks. 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 Quick Oh, my God. Sticks. Thank you. <laughs> it's throwing you off there a little bit. This uh, Adam referred to a couple of our quick sticks in period number two, but we're still going to talk about them here in period number three. We'll jump around a little bit. Brody Merrill announcing his retirement from his lacrosse playing career as Brody will surely take some time off to spend some time with his wife and his kids and his family. But I don't think Brody Merrill's going too far away from the game. I think he'll make a return in some capacity or another. But uh, had a social media post, and Brody doesn't post very often, so you know when when Merrill posts or pops up on the on the timeline, it's something that you want to read. And it was just a, a kind of a farewell to the entire lacrosse world, and and a lot of thank yous in there to all his former teams and teammates and trainers and what have you. Thoughts on on Brody Merrill finally hanging up the stick here? Um, I know everyone was kind of expecting it, but I am still a little bit surprised that it kind of finally happened. Like it seems like every year would end, and everyone would ask, like, "Oh, is this gonna? Is this it? Like, was this Brody Merrill's like last dance kind of thing?" And I was always kind of left thinking, "I don't think so. Like, I think he could play until he's." 60 if he wanted to so of course like it's something that everybody really did expect and like you said he's going to end up uh on a bench at some point here i don't think anybody's questioning that but i am a little bit shocked that it that it has finally happened and it's going to be weird as hell to experience the nll without brody merrill running around the nll entry draft is coming up september the 16th we're just a couple of days away from it in fact uh going down there in in oakville uh prior to the nll entry draft the las vegas desert dogs and vancouver warriors hook up to a fairly significant deal here 
Uh, by the way, the Bandits re-signed Brad McCulley to a two-year agreement as well. But the Desert Dogs have traded Jackson Subak, the fourth overall selection and the ninth overall selection in exchange to Vancouver for Jonathan Gagliardi and the second overall selection in the upcoming entry draft along with the 70th pick as well. So now Vancouver has four, seven, and nine in the first round. And I saw a couple of comments. Like, I get why this deal was done from both sides here. Gagliardi, you know, he came in. He was a Troy Cordenley guy. I think he was pretty serviceable. Probably Willie a little more familiar with him as well. And the big thing for them is obviously they wanted to get Dyson at number one. I don't think there's a deal on the earth that that Clark is going to allow number one to, to get away from him. So they wanted to move up to number two and, and make sure they get their guy and a lefty. And I'm, by all accounts, Sportius will be be the man. And for Vancouver now with three picks, they moved down two spots here in the first round, Tino. But I still think they get their guy at four and now probably get the other two guys at seven and nine that they targeted as well. So I kind of like this deal for both teams, but especially Vancouver, because I think they, they're going to address almost every need that they need to in the first round of the draft here. Yeah, and uh, for Jackson Subak, like Vancouver's defense continues to get meaner. I mean, he had 79 penalty minutes last year, so mm. he could be a welcomed addition to the back end. But you said it right there. I think that with Van's like first pick in the first round, they could get themselves a player that can come in and contribute for the most part right away. And then they can still grab two more players in the first round that whether or not they play in their first year, or if they get another year to develop, but they still get some quality pieces that can come in and address some needs for the very near future. Yeah. I mean, that defense on Vancouver is getting big and nasty. Big and nasty, and that's what you like to see. Uh, other moves in the NOL transaction wire, Jesse Gillespie, Langley Thunder, signing a one-year agreement to Calgary. Logan Schuss also joining the Roughnecks. That's going to take some getting used to, seeing Logan Schuss in a Roughnecks uniform. Um, I love this signing by Georgia and Anthony Patterson, who was at the President's Cup lane for Tuscarora. This kid is a baller, and Georgia goes out and snatches him for a two-year agreement. Jordan Sturros and Austin Hazen are back with the Nighthawks. Um, any other notables here? Clay Scanlon also signed to Calgary. Mike Poulin, out of retirement, traded from Georgia to San Diego, and Pooley is back in the NLL in goalie gear as he can be a San Diego SEAL. How about that? That's another one where, like Brody Merrill, it was like hard to believe when Poulin decided he was going to retire. Like, Really? NLL without Mike Poole in it? And now he's back. This is, we love this. Yeah. Uh, Connor Kelly traded to the Colorado Mammoth in exchange for the 14th overall pick. I I really like Connor Kelly's game. I actually want to get that guy on the pod because I think he'd be an interesting conversation. Uh, Jeff Trainer, who is uh, part of Team Italy in San Diego, signs with the Albany Firewolves, Firewolves Aaron Foster as well, Cam Wires to the Bandits. Uh, what else do we got? Another couple of Presidents Cup guys in Seidel and Yo from the Miners Lacrosse Club signed to Panther City as uh, Hammer. Bob Hamley was there all week long scouting, and uh, he liked what he saw out of Seidel and Yo. And I think we're pretty much caught up as far as that goes. Do you have any other quick sticks you want to fire out there before we get you on your way here? 
Uh, not really. I'm, I'm really fired up to see uh, Jesse Gillespie. I know you talked about that already, but and I've talked about him in the past as well, a guy that I kind of grew up playing with. So I thought he had a great year with Langley. Um, just a real character guy. I'm really, really happy to see him get a shot in the NLL now. Absolutely. So stay on the NLL socials for all your NLL draft coverage coming up on September the 16th. And I'm just scanning here quickly to see if there's uh, anything else that we need to cover off. I don't think so. So let's get out of here, Tino. Another big episode. We'll be back with another one next week. EP 253 is on the horizon. And we should have, well, we will have a Man Cup champion by the time this next podcast comes out. And hopefully we can wrangle up the Mike Kelly Award winner of the champions from the Man Cup. So stay tuned for that. We appreciate you listening to this one. We thank Adam Levy for coming on. We thank our sponsors, of course, Rycor, CoolBet. I didn't even give CoolBet a shout out. Bonus code, Lax Class. Stay cool. Uh, Mitch Jones Realty, Stampede Tack and Westernware, and Associated Labels and Packaging for their continued support here on the podcast. We thank them so much. And you, of course, the classmates, for checking out Lax Class each and every week. So we're a little late this week. We'll be better next week. For now, though, we got to go. For Tino Farah, I've been Jake Elliott for the fastest game on two feet. And for the creator, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay classified.